From the Financial Times in London, I'm Elaine Moore and this is FT News. With just nine months left before Britain leaves the European Union, the government remains deadlocked on key decisions relating to the single market and customs union. And for the first time since the referendum two years ago, industrial giants like Airbus, BMW and Honda are sounding the alarm. Airbus last week warned that the severe negative consequences of Brexit could force it to leave Britain, reflecting growing concern among UK businesses that they still do not know what their future trading conditions will be. I'm joined in the studio to discuss this with Peter Campbell, our motor industry correspondent, and on the line, Alex Barker, our Brussels bureau chief. Alex, I know that you and Peter visited Honda's assembly plant in Swindon recently. What was the mood like among the managers that you spoke to there? Well, particularly as someone who covers Brexit from Brussels, it was a real eye-opener to see the shop floor, the factory, to understand the kind of operations of a group like Honda and how they relate to this Brexit process that's going on at a political level. And what really came through and is felt very much by the management of these companies is, is just the detachment in this debate. They're almost parallel worlds in terms of the discussion. And for Honda, the uncertainty and the kinds of frictions that you'd imagine in an orderly system outside of the EU customs union and single market is really a huge challenge for them that puts in question the entire basis for the operations they have at the moment. So if that's the biggest challenge, what would you say their biggest fears are about that? Well, one of the things that was most interesting was Honda explaining the kind of delays they'd expect in their supply chain once you have border checks outside of the customs union for you know either cars being sent into Europe or parts that they're using from European suppliers in making Honda Civics in Swindon. And basically today you can move a part within five to 24 hours across the channel. After Brexit, outside of the customs union, that would increase to at least two to three days. And actually, because of the kind of pressures that you'd potentially see on the Channel Tunnel, the Channel Tunnel would be quite a pinch point, that could be as much as nine days if they're using shipping. And for businesses that really work like clockwork, every minute counts, a car rolls off these production lines every 69 seconds. Those kind of delays and uncertainty and unpredictability are tremendously difficult to cope with. Peter, can you describe the just-in-time model that you saw in operation in Swindon? So the manufacturing model at Honda, which is actually prevalent across all of the UK automotive plants, is an absolute manufacturing miracle. The parts arrive at the plant hours and sometimes only minutes before they're needed to be put on the vehicle. The line never stops. It keeps moving and beside the line there are the parts lined up that will go on to the cars as they come across the line. One example is seats where Honda makes a call about an hour and a half before it needs the seats to the factory where the seats are made and assembled down the road and then those seats arrive at the plant 45 minutes before they're needed on the car. And one of the managers there was telling us they've had times where the seats have arrived six minutes before they're needed on the car. And it really is every car plant that is very effective and Honda's one is very effective and competitive and efficient, uh, sort of like a finely honed machine with 10,000 tiny improvements being made to make them really competitive. And any disruption to those supply chains where the parts are unlikely to come is unthinkable because there is so little fat in the system to be cut. There's so little room for error. 
And so presumably the idea is that departure from the single market or customs union would cause delays and would mess up that whole system? A huge number of parts coming into Honda's plant and other plants around the UK are imported from the EU. And if there are delays to those, then the company doesn't know if those parts are going to arrive in time, doesn't know if they're going to arrive two days late or four days late. And it's very, very difficult to try and account for that. Now, they can't just build bigger warehouses. Honda has two pretty big warehouses already at its site, but those only hold enough parts for a day and a half worth of production. If they needed to build a warehouse that could hold nine days worth of stock, it would be absolutely vast and it would be totally uneconomic because Honda wouldn't know from one month to the next whether the warehouse was going to be full or was going to be empty. So because the whole ecosystem has grown up with parts coming seamlessly across the border, across the channel, coming to the plants and being put on the cars very quickly, because this whole just-in-time model is built up, it's going to be very, very difficult to try and tear it apart at all. So what are car makers like Honda doing to prepare? Are they trying to start building these warehouses or is there something else they have planned? So all of them are looking at where they buy their parts from. The problem in Britain is that we have a reasonably weak supply base. About 40% of the components that go into Britain's cars are made in the UK, but many of those contain subcomponents that come from the continent. You get examples where components cross the channel three, four, five times during their manufacturing life before they even get to the vehicle plants. So trying to offset this is incredibly difficult and incredibly tangible as well. This isn't something you can skirt around because the parts are physical parts that are moving and have to cross the border. So you can try and buy more from the UK, but broadly we don't have enough supply companies that can do the parts that are needed for these. You can try and build warehouses because they're incredibly expensive, but all of these things add cost. And every time car makers around the world look at making new models, their plants around the world compete for that work. Historically, British plants have been very good at winning that work. Our plants are very competitive. But everything that chips away at the competitiveness of Britain's plants, whether it's expensive warehouses or more expensive suppliers or delays to the supply chain, all of that reduces those plants' ability to win work in the future. And so we're not going to see plants closing overnight. But what you might see if we get a bad Brexit deal is just that new work trickles away from the UK and gradually the industry diminishes over time. I think that's a very real possibility based on what a lot of people in the industry see right now. And are there any other big decisions looming for Honda over future investment? For Honda and also for the other manufacturers as well, Honda will have to make a decision probably around 2021 what happens to the Civic that's made currently. Manufacturers make decisions several years ahead of production beginning. We've already seen a number of manufacturing decisions made in Britain since the referendum. Nissan, Toyota, Mini have all made them. But these companies have rolling seven-year production cycles, and so they are always having to look at where the next model is made. We've already seen investment across the auto industry fall dramatically since the Brexit vote. In 2015, $2.5 billion was invested in the UK auto industry, and last year that was just $1.1 billion. So investment has already fallen significantly. Anyone who can afford to sit on their hands is doing so until we get more certainty. Does that mean that other car makers have been threatening to leave or to reduce their investment further? Every car maker has been seriously looking at what its options are outside of Britain for manufacturing in the future. We saw a few weeks ago Jaguar Land Rover said total production of its new Discovery SUV would be made in Slovakia, its new plant there. You will expect over time to see more and more work pushed away from the UK if the supply chain with Europe, if the border with Europe becomes more difficult than it is today. So, Alex, what have ministers been saying to ease these concerns, if if anything? 
Theresa May's government is making clear they want as frictionless a relationship as possible, that even if Britain is outside the single market and the customs union, that arrangements would be made to make sure that the kind of worst fears of companies like Honda wouldn't be realised. And some within government see an even closer type of relationship that might see Britain effectively in a kind of single regulatory area for goods and customs. The problem for business is those are political judgments about the direction of travel and they're not quite certain enough to allow them to make long-term plans of the kind that they're used to making. And the political timetable is running at a very different place to the business timetable. These model investment decisions will be coming up and companies will need time to adjust whatever arrangements are made. So the EU and the UK may not have a free trade deal until the early 2020s. And then it would need to be implemented before companies like Honda and Nissan and BMW can adjust to the terms of it. So it's a very long process and the kind of uncertainty that they've got to live with until there's a clear, steady state to adjust to is pretty high. So given that long process, how long do you think the government has to sort this out? Brexit is a very long process and the government would need to make some decisions on the direction of travel, certainly before the end of the year, to give some clarity both to the private sector and to the EU about what kind of arrangement it's seeking in the future. And there will be certainly if a withdrawal deal is agreed, some breathing space because you'll have a couple of years after Brexit where not much will change. But again, the horizons of the manufacturers are much further away. They need to be making decisions about business in six, ten years' time. And for that, there will need to be some decisions made quite soon that are quite clear. And so the Cabinet is due to meet at Chequers next week for a critical session on the future of the UK-EU trade relationship. Do you think that the recent industry warnings are going to concentrate minds there? I mean, the Cabinet is certainly divided over the risks entailed of leaving the customs union and parts of the single market. The warnings from business are becoming louder and louder, and it comes at a time as the government is also adjusting towards a softer and softer type of Brexit. So you could see this making a difference, but this has been a very drawn-out political process within Whitehall, within government, within the Cabinet, and indeed in the Commons. And until we have a real sense of where the weight of numbers lie in the House of Commons, we might not have a, a kind of decisive moment on which direction Britain will be heading in. Thank you, Peter and Alex. And to read more on this story, you can go to ft.com forward slash Brexit. Hello. We're rethinking our podcast strategy here at the Financial Times, and we'd love to hear your views. We're asking listeners to rate our podcasts and to tell us what you like and don't like about our shows. To contribute to our survey, follow the link in our show notes or go to ft.com forward slash podcast feedback to enter our prize draw to win £500 or the equivalent in dollars.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.